Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa in Nairobi, Kenya, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we look at how the introduction of the CAF Women's Champions League might boost the game on the continent. With qualifiers taking place around Africa, we hear from Namibian club Tura Magic. I think um, it's now something we all have something to play for, not only to win the leagues in our countries, but also to qualify for the Champions League. That's coming up shortly, plus lots on the English Premier League. With the new season starting this weekend, we ask who might be the champions and whether we're likely to have a close race. And of course, we talk about Lionel Messi's massive move to Paris Saint-Germain. So after the Olympics and the football competitions there, there's lots coming up on the African football calendar. Next Tuesday, it's the draw for the Africa Cup of Nations finals, taking place in Cameroon next January and February. There are World Cup qualifiers on next month, and the 2021-22 CAF Champions League starts next month too. And the qualifiers for the inaugural edition of the CAF Women's Champions League are being held around the continent. Eight teams will take part in the finals in Cairo later this year. Now, some zones have already held their qualifying tournaments, so teams already qualified are FAR of Morocco, AS Mande of Mali, Hazakas Ladies of Ghana, and Nigeria's River Angels, plus Sir Wadi Degla, the representatives of the host nation Egypt. Now, the Southern African qualifiers are on in South Africa later this month, with seven teams taking part. Zambia's Green Buffaloes have five players who are in the Zambia squad at the Tokyo Olympics, and their assistant coach, Carol Kanyamba, spoke to the Kasafa podcast. Well, the Olympics really are going to bring in very much confidence in the girls, and uh, it's also in the team, the girls that remain back home. They will believe in the girls because of the wonderful performance that they put up. So it will really motivate the team. So we pray that um, even the, the ones that were injured or had knocks will come back healthy to join the team in training and help with the coordination because they've been away for a while from the team. And, you know, systems are different from the club and the national team. So they have to blend in the system of the club right now. So the little time that we have, we really have to work on our coordination. But the morale is high and the confidence levels are very high. So they really bring in very good uh, motivation and confidence in the rest of the team members. Uh, women's football in Zambia is really improving. Uh, it's been in existence for a while, but just recently that's when they introduced the National Women's League, which has brought in a lot of competition because uh, it's it's at the highest level and uh, a lot of teams are getting the best out of it from our sponsors. So every team, every player is working hard uh, to be the champions of the inaugural National League. So it has really brought in a lot of competition uh, in Zambia. I can say it has really improved. We're definitely going to Caravan to be the first ones to represent Zambia at the Championship. Well, that's Carol Kanyemba, the assistant coach of Zambia's Green Buffaloes women. Now, Liana Amamus is vice-captain of Namibia's representatives, Tura Magic, and she told the Kasafa podcast that she's excited about the introduction of the CAF Women's Champions League. I think um, it's now something we all have something to play for, not only to win the leagues in our countries, but also to qualify for the Champions League. This is not only a win for the Saudi region, but also for the continent as a whole. 
it is a great deal for the whole African continent. I think at the moment, obviously, we don't have a league running due to the restrictions um, because of COVID-19. But hopefully, um, they will be relaxed. The regulations will be relaxed and we can start playing more football. And because you learn through playing and competition also increases when you get to play more games. Yes, got to be a good thing for women's football in Africa. Uh, so we don't have a date for the finals yet, Ida, but the CAF Women's Champions League seems to be shaping up nicely. Well, I'm glad some qualifiers have taken place, Steve, and that more than half of the participating teams have already been decided. And, you know, since this is the inaugural edition, I am guessing that some of the listeners might be curious, you know, as to exactly how the teams have made it through. So first, well, the qualifiers in the Sekafa and Wafu B zones were initially postponed. And while Sekafa did say that financial constraints were the major reason behind the delay, uh, Wafu B really didn't give a reason why. Uh, Sekafa's team, of course, is East and Central Africa, where Kenya will be the hosts of those qualifiers. Now, it's actually the biggest zone, Steve, with uh, close to 10 teams participating in the tournament that's now set for August 29th, while the Wafu B zone qualifiers that were eventually played out in Ivory Coast saw Hazakas of Ghana beat Nigeria's River Angels to win the zone. Yeah, and take us through those other teams that have made it so far, Ida. Uh, Wadi Degla were the first team to qualify, and they did that courtesy of being the league champions in Egypt, which, of course, is the host country. Uh, next is Wafu B, who also get preferential treatment with two tickets. Uh, the major reason being that Nigeria, who are the current Africa Women's Cup of Nations holders, are in the zone. And that's how River Angels made it, uh, despite losing to Ghana's Hazakas in the Wafu B finals. But the tournament, Steve, and even the qualifiers haven't been without their fair share of challenges. And we'd mentioned it a while ago, you know, while analyzing the CAF Women's Champions League back when it was announced. And we'd said, look, that traveling in and around Africa is definitely not cheap. And while CAF have tried to, you know, maybe quote unquote middle ground this, so to speak, by having the final tournament in one location, which is Egypt, already the qualifiers have proved difficult for some. We did see the Wafu B winners, Hazakas, actually make a public plea, you know, for supporters to fund their trip to Ivory Coast for the qualifiers. And uh, looking at Rwanda, well, uh, their Scandinavian women's team, <laughs> I know, a bit of an oxymoron there, but the team is called Scandinavian Women, and uh, they pulled out, unfortunately, due to COVID-19 regulations in the country, could not permit them. And while there hasn't been any formal word from CAF on when the finals in Cairo will be, reports do suggest that it will be towards the end of the year, as you'd said, Steve, sometime probably uh, between November and December. Right, a few challenges, but sure to be positive for women's football on the continent. The Women's Champions League finals, uh, when they do take place, 
Well, a lack of game time has been a problem for some teams. With the Southern African qualifiers coming up later this month, Zimbabwe's representatives, Black Rhinos Queens, haven't played a competitive match in two years because of COVID affecting the league here. And we heard from Zambian side Green Buffaloes just now. A good news for them as the Zambia Women's National League resumes this weekend, giving them a chance to get match fit ahead of the qualifiers. Right next here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, to the English Premier League with the new season starting this weekend. And uh, last week on social media, we asked who will be the English Premier League champions. Of course, last season Manchester City were clear winners. So will it be the same story again, or can teams like Manchester United, Liverpool, or Chelsea mount a challenge, or will someone else even take the title? Well, on WhatsApp, Emmanuel in Nigeria says, "I strongly believe that Manchester City are the favourites to win the Premier League this season because they possess the strongest squad in the league, with a sprinkling of quality signings too." I also predict that the race for the title will go down to the wire and be very exhilarating," says Emmanuel. And Anne Sumana in the Gambia agrees, saying Manchester City are still the best team in the Premier League. They're my tip to retain the title, says Anne Sumana. That view is also held by Shadrach Mwele in the Democratic Republic of Congo. It may be the same story again, says Shadrach. I think from the bottom of my heart that Manchester City will take it because they do take it most of the time. In Uganda, Arina Itwe Emi agrees. I'll give Manchester City another chance, given the fact that they've made almost no changes to their previous squad and have added Jack Grealish. It'll be a tight race for sure. The winner might even be decided on the final day, says Arina Itwe. And smart Eddie, also in Uganda, says I think Manchester City will be capable of retaining the title, but Manchester City will also be strong contenders, and Liverpool and Chelsea too. But Man City will be better than them. But Sambu One in the Gambia believes the title's heading to the other side of Manchester. My prayers and hopes are for Manchester United, says Sambu One. I'd like to see them celebrating holding that trophy once again. As since the days of Sir Alex Ferguson, we haven't won the title. So I'm hoping to see Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and captain Harry Maguire lifting the trophy at the end of the season, says Sambu One. And Alfred Mdimba in Malawi and Saidu Kumara in Sierra Leone both agree. I go for Manchester United, says Alfred, and Saidu says actually I think Man United will win the league this season. Munich Gadi in Uganda believes that Manchester United's new signings hold the key to their success. I think United's new players, Rafael Varane and Jadon Sancho, will make the difference, says Munich. It won't be easy, but I believe United will win the title. And Belong Baji in the Gambia also goes for the Old Trafford outfit. I fancy Manchester United, says Belong. They contended much better last season than in the previous two seasons. This was due to the commitment of the players and by maintaining a high level of concentration. I'd like my team Liverpool to win it, but they are too attack-minded and need to improve on their defence, says Belong. However, Nehemiah in Sierra Leone is more confident of the chances for Jurgen Klopp's team. Liverpool will be the champions this season, says Nehemiah, because they have all the players to win the league. Babu in Rwanda says, "I think my team Chelsea have enough to be the champions this season." And Emma in the Gambia agrees. Chelsea will win the Premier League this season if they can sign a good number nine. 
That view shared by Isaac in Ethiopia, who says Chelsea will be champions, I think, if we get Romelu Lukaku. Well, there's no doubt the Belgian striker will be a great addition, a proven goalscorer with 113 Premier League goals to his name from 252 appearances and moving for a club record fee. To Ghana now, and Eric says Tottenham will take the Premier League this season, but it will be a very close-run thing. And finally, Bailo Jalu in the Gambia believes the race for the title is between the two teams from Manchester. I think it's between City and United, says Bailo. City have Grealish, who'll create chances for the attackers, while United have a world-class defender in Rafael Varane. So I think the title will go to one of the two Manchester clubs. So most of our correspondents this week see the title race this season being a duel between the two Manchester clubs, but as Leicester showed a few seasons ago in the English Premier League, anything can happen. Well, thanks to everyone who got in touch. It's always great to hear from you.、Uh, so,、uh, Ida, what do you think? Is it between Man City and Man United, as many listeners are thinking? The title really could be anyone's. I think I learned personally never to wholeheartedly give it to one team after Leicester won it. You know, with the odds of I think it was five thousand to one <laughs> back in the twenty sixteen season. And many people, of course, you've heard there, Steve, clearly going for either or、uh, between the Manchester clubs, but. I should think Chelsea will surely also want to stamp their authority. You know, Thomas Tuchel really changed the club's fortunes last season, and I'm sure that he'll want to show that it wasn't just beginner's luck. I mean, winning the Super Cup was definitely sending out early intent. I think. Liverpool hoping to bounce back, I would imagine, after what was a pretty uncharacteristic last season, you know, especially in comparison to the last couple of years. So, look at this juncture on opening weekend. It's really anyone's call, you know. But hopefully by December, January, as usual, we should have an inkling of just how it's going to go. Yeah, sure, that's very true. Thanks, Ida.、Uh, let's go to Stuart Weir in the UK then. And、uh, what sort of a race do you think we're likely to have this time, Stuart?、Uh, will City win it by a wide margin again, or could we have a race that goes down to the final day?、Um, Steve, this time last year, I'm sure you'll remember that against all the odds, I correctly predicted that Manchester City would win the Premier League. While it looked improbable at Christmas when City were ninth in the table, it proved correct. But I have to say that I am much less certain about the destination of the 21-22 Premier League trophy. Part of the problem is that we're still in the middle of the transfer window, and even though clubs start their Premier League program this weekend, there are several massive transfers to come. For example, Harry Kane has made clear his intention to leave Tottenham. And that he wishes to stay in England, but where will he finish up? But let me just remind you how last season ended: winners Manchester City with 86 points, Manchester United 74 points in second, then Liverpool with 69, Chelsea 67, with Leicester City, West Ham, Tottenham, and Arsenal in the next four places, separated by just five points. Manchester City will start as favourites. And they've added Jack Grealish to the squad for an estimated 140 million dollars. Grealish is widely regarded as the most creative English player, but it remains to be seen how and quite where 
he will fit into the City lineup. While City were clear and worthy champions last season, they did it, as I say, by turning round a very poor first half of the season, which left them ninth in December to becoming champions by winning 15 games in a row. But they're not invincible. In the last six weeks of last season, they played Chelsea in the league, the FA Cup, and the Champions League, and lost all three games. So Chelsea certainly seemed to work out how to play Manchester City technically. And they started this season by losing to Leicester City in the traditional curtain raiser, the Charity Shield. So while City are strong and favourites, they're by no means invincible. But should City manage to complete the signing of Harry Kane, that would certainly increase their chances of being champions dramatically. Manchester United have signed the young English winger Jadon Sancho from Dortmund, where he played for the last four seasons, even though he's still only 21. That's a really exciting signing for United, but it has to be balanced with the loss of Marcus Rashford for up to three months as he recovers from shoulder surgery. That Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has managed to persuade the veteran striker Edison Cavani to remain for another season at Old Trafford is brilliant news for the club and we understand that they're very close to signing Rafael Varane the Real Madrid's French international defender and I think that will be very important because United did look a bit uncertain shall we say at the back and I think there's every reason to think that United will push City hard this season now Liverpool have lost Jorginho Wijnaldum he was out of contract, chose to leave and has signed for Paris Saint-Germain. Now, I think he was their best midfield player and that he will be sorely missed. And so far, Liverpool's only signing in the summer is a Brimia Conati, who's French from Leipzig. So, Liverpool, you know, were a bit found out last season and they haven't really strengthened the squad. Chelsea only just finished in the top four last season, but they did win the Champions League. And, of course, this will be Thomas Tuchel's first full season. We understand that they are on the brink of signing Romelu Lukaku from Inter Milan. Lukaku was a Chelsea player for two seasons, but ten years ago, but only got one Premier League start. He then played for Everton and Manchester United, scoring over 100 Premier League goals, as well as 47 in his past two seasons in Milan. He's a proven goalscorer who knows the Premier League well, he will be a real asset to Chelsea, and of course he is the son of a Congolese international player. But, you know, Steve, I do think that Chelsea might be a little embarrassed that having had Lukaku as a player, let him go cheaply, they're now spending about $130 million to buy him back. A bit like Manchester United, who had Pogba as a youth player, let him go, and then spent, again, over $100 million uh, buying him back. But hey, that's football. But all in all, I think it's a quite an exciting season in prospect. Oh, wow. Bring it on. And uh, I'll say Manchester City to defend their title. And uh, maybe Chelsea for second. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And still to come, Stuart gives us background on newly promoted Brentford and their chances of staying up. 
You can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA, and our website is planetsport.tv. And in the blog section there, Russ Bravo reflects on the Olympics and writes about learning the secret of contentment. There was much joy and great disappointment at the Tokyo Games, as some won medals and many didn't. And Russ looks at how, win or lose, we can be content in our heart. That's on our website, planetsport.tv, and you click on the blog section. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programs in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Let's go back to Stuart Weir in the UK now as we look at the new English Premier League season. Norwich, Watford and Brentford are the newly promoted teams. And uh, Stuart, we know about Norwich and Watford, but tell us about the history of Brentford. Well, Steve, as we look at the prospects of Norwich, Watford and Brentford in the new Premier League season, let me just remind you of a couple of things. Fulham and West Brom, who were relegated at the end of last season, had been promoted the previous season. And they were replaced by Norwich and Watford, relegated two seasons ago and promoted last season. So it is something of a revolving door at the bottom of the table. And in fact, of the last 30 clubs to be relegated from the Premier League, 10 were promoted the following season. I think the gap between the Premier League and the Championship seems to be widening. And that means for me that the three relegated clubs are in the mix for promotion straight back up again. But equally, I would have to say that Brentford, Norwich and Watford are immediately among the favourites for relegation. Yeah, Brentford is a very interesting case. Situated in West London near Heathrow Airport, Brentford are returning to the top division after a gap of 74 years. That's the longest ever gap between two seasons in the top division. Two seasons ago, Brentford were on course for automatic promotion, but then lost their last two games before losing the playoff final, but were successful uh, last season in gaining a Premier League place. They've recently moved into a brand new stadium, which holds 17,000. But failing to get promotion two years ago meant that Brentford had to get rid of, or rather were forced to sell, two of their star players. Ollie Watkins, who has been brilliant for Aston Villa, and the Algerian side Ben Rahama, who has been uh, playing well for West Ham. So, interesting to see that they have now signed nine new players, but none of them are what you would call established Premier League star players. But they've signed two new African players. Johan Wissa, who is from DR Congo, 24, and has been playing in France for the last five years at Lorient. And Frank Onika, a Nigerian international who spent the last five years in Denmark at FC Midland. And uh, those two Africans will join Tarek Fuso-Henry, a London-born Ghanaian who's already at Brentford. I think Brentford may well start well and then struggle as the season goes on, which is often the case with newly promoted teams. But it's exciting to see a team which is new to the Premier League and to see what they can do. Right, so Brentford, a club with some African interest. And uh, what are you looking forward to about this new season, Stuart? Well, last weekend, Manchester United played a pre-season friendly with nearly 50,000 people in Old Trafford. And won't it be great to see Premier League games with pretty much full crowds, noise, atmosphere, everything in the stadiums?
I am hoping that the Premier League will have learnt from the European Championships how to use VAR in a slightly less obtrusive way. Using VAR to correct errors rather than looking for reasons to disallow goals controversially. And I suppose I'm quite fascinated to see how some of the new managers, like uh, Nuno, who was so successful in my view at Wolves, is now at Tottenham. How will he cope with a bigger club? Rafa Benitez, great manager, but how will he cope in the city of Liverpool, managing Everton, having been a red all his managerial career previously in the city? And then there's uh, Patrick Vieira. What a great player he was, but what are his coaching credentials like? Will he make a success at Crystal Palace? So, I mean, those to me are some of the fascinating things, and really, I can't wait for this weekend and to see how it all develops. And one thing we can be sure of, Steve, there will be a lot of shocks, ups and downs, and excitement along the way. Indeed, it's going to be interesting. We'll see how those managers that you mentioned there get on, Stuart. Well, we must on this week's Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, uh, talk about the transfer of Lionel Messi from Barcelona to Paris Saint-Germain, a staggering move that will see him earning $35 million a year. Uh, Messi left Barcelona after 20 years. He signed a two-year contract with the Paris Saint-Germain with a signing-on fee of $35 million, a weekly wage maybe of around $700,000. Well, Messi cried at a news conference in Spain saying that he didn't want to leave Barcelona but that he had no choice. Messi was willing to reduce his wages by 50% but Barcelona couldn't afford to implement it as they were still above the wage limit allowed by La Liga and it would have been illegal under Spanish law to reduce his wages further or to have played for free. So what do you think about this, Stuart? Uh, Messi having to leave the club that he loved... What do you make of this huge financial deal that he has at PSG? Once he decided he would leave, it was really only Paris Saint-Germain, owned by Qataris, or Manchester City, also funded by Middle East oil money, who could afford his salary. Steve, you said $700,000 a week. I've read a figure near to a million dollars. Whatever it is, it is a grotesque, unbelievable salary. Uh, And frankly, PSG will have to sell a lot of shirts to get their money back. But actually, I've also read that he is still not the top earner at the club, because that is Neymar. But now, there's been a recent book called Barca by Simon Cooper, in which he argues that Barcelona has been in disarray for some time, and that Messi has been a mixed blessing. His salary, Cooper argues, has been out of proportion that 25% of the Barcelona wage bill has been going to Messi and that there are some clubs in La Liga who pay their entire squad of players less than Messi earns and that Messi had become so powerful that successive managers would not dare to change the team tactics without Messi's agreement and at times recently it has looked as if the tactics of Barcelona was give Messi the ball In his prime, Messi playing in front of Xavi and Iniesta was an absolutely brilliant team player. But as he is aged, it seems that he does less defending and less playing for the team. The team 
that won the Champions League four times suddenly started losing heavily 4-0 to PSG in 2017 3-0 to Roma in 2018 and then remember in 2019 how they were 3-0 up against Liverpool and lost the second leg 4-0 and in that rather odd Champions League played in the uh, summer of 2020 they lost in the two legs 8-2 to Bayern Munich but despite the lack of success Barca were still paying Messi more than $100 million a year but apparently the club's debt is now estimated to be over a billion dollars Messi achieved great things for Barcelona but arguably he also upset the financial structure of the club and it's a great question to see what the 34 year old legs can still do at PSG at a question I'm fascinated to see the answer to Yes, and he spoke there about PSG selling messy jerseys. Good business with that already. And also PSG have gained millions and millions more followers on Instagram since Messi joined them. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this on social media this week. What do you think Lionel Messi will deliver at PSG? as he's joined the French club with a salary of $35 million per year. What do you think about his move? Will PSG get value for their money? Will Messi be able to dominate play as he did at Barcelona? And will he help them to win the UEFA Champions League? You can go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, and post a comment there, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. What will Messi deliver at PSG? Always great to hear your thoughts. Well, that's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Ida Waringa in Nairobi, and Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.